0: Hello, and welcome to the Road Not Taken podcast. On this episode, we'll be joined by Emma Benz, an educator living near Rochester, New York. Today on the show, we'll be talking about The Office, some of its high points, uh, some of the best characters, the best lines, the best episodes, and we'll also talk a little bit at the end about politics. So Emma, you're live. You can say hi if there's anything you want to, uh, to say before we dive into The Office. Uh, now's the time.
1: No, I'm
0: good. Hello. All right. So uh, how about, so first of all, I just have to say uh, you, I've seen The Office once. Um, It's my understanding that uh, you're a little bit more familiar with the show, um, but we both really like it. Um, So why don't you just tell us a little bit about like what you feel about The Office, maybe like how you started watching it or um, what your relationship is with the TV show?
1: So The Office of the Show is, like, my go-to show whenever I, I'm either one, bored, or two. You know, you just need, like, a little pick-me-up. It hasn't been the greatest day. Um, I feel like everyone has one of those shows that they just need in their life. Um, I started watching it when I was young. My dad loved it. So, um, like, after I'd come home from sports or whatever, it would be on the TV when I was, like, 9 or 10, probably 10, 10 or 11, and we just watch it. Um, so I've, I don't know. I've watched it for, I guess, 12 years now, but it's pretty fun to watch.
0: <laughs> All right. Yeah, so uh, here on the Road Not Taken podcast, we like to talk about things like politics, sports, news, religion, um, and uh, and pop culture as well. So we've talked about The Lord of the Rings uh, on the show previously. um but we we've uh, we've kind of neglected some of the uh, the more like the television film literature aspect. Uh, so the Office, I'm I'm just going to say is one of my favorite shows. Um, it actually got me into comedy because uh, that's that's not really the genre that I spend most of my time around. Uh, people have been telling me for years to start watching The Office, uh, including you, and I started watching yeah. it. Um, it was I was hooked. Um, I just recently recently finished it. I think uh, last year um but it's really really good and and at the time i think it was groundbreaking to have that sort of like uh i think the phrase is mockumentary uh which is a, mm-hmm. a play off of documentary um so uh so how about this uh so we have a we have a bunch of ways we could approach this um but there are a ton of memorable characters on the office that's one of the the defining things about it is you everybody recognizes uh, you know Jim, Pam, Dwight, uh, Michael Scott, uh, right. and all the others—they're sort of you know memes now. They're pop culture icons. Uh, so why do yeah. you why don't you tell us uh, who's your favorite character? Maybe how do you think that you know maybe two characters interact well, or uh, who are who are the highlights of the show for you?
1: Dwight Schrute, hands down, is my favorite character. I just like that he's like so outrage outrageous, um, and Basically every line and everything he says, I just die laughing. Um, I like Jim and Pam and Michael too. I thought the show got bad after Michael left, um, but Dwight is obviously my favorite character. What about you, Paul?
0: Um, you know, when it started, I, I think I see, I see the most of myself in Dwight or or Dwight in, in me um which is probably a, a horrible in- in endorsement of of myself um but i think <laughs> I I wouldn't I,
1: say so yeah
0: well i you know he's he's like nerdy you know he's like dressing up as like science fiction characters and quoting the lord of the rings and um there there's a particular moment where uh i think it's Ryan he he makes an offhanded reference and he's talking about the lord of the rings and he says like oh like uh he i forget who he was talking about but he he called somebody said that somebody looked like that dwarf guy from the lord of the rings
1: yeah i know exactly the little guy yeah
0: and (laughs) dwight like flipped out and was like his name is gimli or he said something where he was he corrected him Mm -hmm. and i just i felt really like people say this a lot but i felt really attacked just because any like i i you know like that's that's what that kind of thing i would do is if somebody like Misquotes, uh you know the lord of the rings I, I get very personally offended um but i think it's the show grew uh as i as i watched i really started to appreciate michael scott more um
1: mm-hmm.
0: when i the very first episode i saw i i sort of liked it um but i wasn't used to that kind of cringe comedy uh and i wasn't a big fan of michael scott to be honest um, the first
1: I, season is so he it's so cringy with yeah. michael
0: Yeah, but as the show went on, like I think everything he said, I just laughed. Um, And a lot of the stuff he says now, I I quote. Um, What we can talk about the quotes a little bit later uh, when we, when you know, I have a particular favorite one, and I'm sure you have many. Um, But uh, how do you think um, the show affected, uh, like you or people that you knew? uh, how, How do you view the show as sort of a cultural movement? Uh, if, if you do have an opinion on that at all.
1: Um, memes, I don't know. I feel like you could go anywhere and be like, oh, pretzel day and people know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. It's like that, those two words, um, is that what you mean? It's like pop culture or do you mean like more,
0: you know, I think, I think that is it. Um, there have been a couple times where i've dropped office quotes and i don't think anybody's recognized it but usually uh usually people pick up on it right away um yeah so uh a couple more things um i guess how, how do you uh, how do you view the show as it progressed so i think everybody can agree that after michael left um the show itself suffered it, it its quality declined um, uh-huh. how, how do you think the like people like Dwight and Jim that had to take on a larger role, uh, how well do you think they did with that? Um, and particularly, I was wondering about this. What do you think about their choice to kind of bring in a lot of different managers at one point, like when they had Nellie and uh, James Spader's character and, uh, and a couple other folks in there? Um, uh-huh. And it, it was kind of like a, a by committee, like every couple episodes, something would change. Uh how do you think about the uh the sh- how do you think the show approached that and how successfully do you think they pulled it off was there anything else they could have done or was it inevitable like uh, you can't replace Michael Scott um but if you were in charge do you think you would have done anything differently
1: Okay so the first question you asked was about like Dwight and Jim and their acting ability
0: Yeah h- how well they settled kind I of thought-
1: No, this is an interesting point, because the last time I watched it through, I really focused on their relationship, and after Michael left, they became, like, a lot, a lot closer. Like, Dwight didn't hate Jim as much as he did previously, and I, one episode really sticks out in my head for this, um, what's it called, The bell Schnickel, oh the i was episode. gonna bring him up that
0: that may be my single favorite dwight Schrute moment i think ever bell Schnickel.
1: and he um like dwight was really upset that jim left and normally dwight would be like okay leave Like if michael Lister student still there um because dwight idolized michael for so long i think and they're like so such good friends but um yeah, so I just I thought that was interesting, like how the dynamic of their relationship changed, um, and I really though Michael did leave, and that was a big, a big, uh, I guess, put down in the show. It the big decline in the show. Um, I really think that Jim and Dwight both stepped up like they still had some really good lines that still made me laugh and stuff um and as for all the other um like the managers mm-hmm. uh, i got really tired i really did not like nelly and i really <laughs> did not like robert california but i could yeah, not yeah yeah, that's what nelly. i was thinking
0: of uh i, I kind of attribute uh, like when i see when i saw robert california i was like hey that's james Spader. Um, <laughs> but, okay. Uh, but yeah, because he's the actor. But yeah, I totally forgot the name. Um, yeah. Yeah, so um, I, I have a couple of things. I want to save the quotes for last. Um, but okay. What, and this, I, I know, sparks a lot of debate. Uh, what do you think was the greatest episode of The Office? If you had to pick the best one, which, which episode would that be? Okay, my friend
1: Karina and I talk about this all the time. We love uh, dinner parties. With Michael and Jan mm. inviting uh uh Jim and Pam and then Angel and Andy and then Dwight and his baby sitter show up. It's just too like uncomfortable yet hysterical.
0: That that was one of that took like the comedy of like the rest of the show. And combined it with like the the cringiness of like Scott's Tots, but like channeled it to actually be like funny at the same time as like really really cringy. Yeah, um, I know that that's one that I, that a lot of people like. I, I personally like first of all, I, I like threat level midnight. Um, oh
1: yeah,
0: I like any t- anything anytime I, I could see anything like that. Um, and I also think another good one that that maybe people uh, don't kind of you know have on their radar quite as much. Uh would be Casino Night. Um that, uh, okay. That one has the big payoff where uh, Jim's like, you know, I love you and all that. Uh, it's a little light on the comedy, but I think there was like a big emotional payoff there for the audience.
1: Yes, um, and uh, that's the one where Michael brought both Carol and Jan, right?
0: I think so, yeah. Um,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. The, oh, uh, and you know what the-
1: one also, like every time I watch it makes me cry is Niagara Falls Part 2. When, oh, uh, that's when they get, get married, married, right?
0: And now yeah. is, that, is that the one that's after? Or the, I think in that that episode they have the wedding, right? Yeah. Um, so
1: the first one is about Mima finding out that she's pregnant. Um, or whatever her name is, me—I don't remember what she called her grandma.
0: Yeah, um, I remember that because isn't that the one where uh, they're about to get married, and then like Michael stands up and starts talking and like wrecks the whole thing? Oh wait, no, 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 no that Jim was that that was at um Phyllis's Phyllis, wedding. Phyllis and oh Jim my Vance. god!
1: <laughs> Welding is the fine, but that was so fun. Yeah, you fusing hot, the later. fusing
0: of hot metals. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's that's just like etched. That's that and like Dwight's Dwight's uh, speech there. Those things are just like seared into my memory. I'll never forget them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember the uh, the Niagara Falls episode. Um, that one kinda surprised me because I was like, Oh look, they're getting married, it's like a little cheesy but it's also emotional. And then they're mm-hmm. like, But actually, like they'd already gotten married and I was like, What? And that's where it kinda like it set in, I think, a, a bit for me. What set in? Uh like the emotional feel. Oh, yeah. The wedding the wedding actually wasn't doing it for me. Uh the, just 'cause the I think... last
1: part was like when that song came on. Yeah. Uh, you and me Something at the speed of light. That one. Yeah, that's when it really hits you.
0: Mm. The uh, I think I think the saddest actually, there were two moments. I think it was when Michael when Michael left,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: they sang the the one about nine like,
1: million something. Yeah, like 000,
0: 96 miles. Uh, when the minutes. cast did. Um, and I heard that like they hadn't told Steve Carell they were doing that. Yeah. Um I'm not sure if that's true cuz like you know stories pop up with all that kind of thing like did you know and it's like not actually true like people just post it for like attention on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um But if it was true, you know even without that, I thought that was very very emotional. Um and the other one actually was an Andy Left and he like pulls out his uh I think it's a is it a guitar? I think it's a guitar not a banjo. Um and they're all kind of like singing and he sings like the uh, like a farewell song. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget if that was when he left or that was when there was there was something. It was like in the last season or the second to last season.
1: I know what you're talking about I, I, cause I just wa- rewatched. Yeah, especially the, like, the last. And season. I can't. Um, I can't
0: remember. I'll look that up. It's um, one of
1: the last episodes. It's yeah. before he like pooped on uh, David Wallace's car.
0: Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, that that wasn't my my thing, but the song the song itself um really yeah it was uh the andy's goodbye where he has the guitar and he sings oh he sings i will remember you yeah that's what it was yeah no i think that that was probably the most emotional thing um A- andy is actually also my favorite character on the show as much as i uh i think I in appreciate- the
1: later seasons
0: no oh, sorry not not andy yeah andy yeah. yeah yeah ed helms yeah i think he um Yeah, no. He was my least favorite character when they first introduced him, and and he was calling Jim tuna and like punching walls and things. Like I could not stand him. Uh, I wanted him off the show. Uh, But when he like reinvented himself uh, and became a more like sympathetic character, who you know like acapella and all that, I think he really, really grew on me then.
1: Okay. Um, Yeah. Um, I think his like ending when he like left for so long because he was doing the hangover i think the talent it was show, yeah um i don't like him in that part and i felt bad for aaron
0: aaron was also one of my favorite characters the thing with her right is um she actually like her character has a lot of like it meant a lot to me because my family's done like foster care and adoption and stuff right and she, her character was in like foster homes and like has like issues with like you know adapting and that kind of stuff, yeah. Um, and also, like, her dem- like now, yeah, the that there was that aspect, and then separately, she's also like kind of clueless, like sort of like Michael is, where she doesn't like get what's going on, but like still claps or like pretends to get the reference, um, yeah. And that happens to me a lot just because I like. You know, like I hadn't watched The Office until a couple of years ago. Like I'm way behind on pop culture references,
1: mm-hmm. um, so I
0: think she was up there too for me. Um, although, I just liked yeah. her because
1: she was always happy and like had such a positive disposition.
0: Mm. Yeah, she was a she was a character. She, um, I think she deserved a little better than to like they saddled her with Gabe for quite a while, and I was like, ugh. Oh Gabe, yeah, that
1: was annoying.
0: Gabe. Um, Maybe, I don't think he was the worst character that the Office has has seen in terms of how how little I liked him. I think Nellie might have a uh, Nelly Nellie Nellie's manager. Oh, Nelly. I, I think Nellie. I think she served her role. Um, her and who who was it when uh when Jim was was stopped Dwight in the hallway from like going into the meeting and losing his job because they oh, they yeah, went to fire him.
1: Todd.
0: Oh, that was Todd. Yeah, you're right. You're Packer, right.
1: Packer. Yep. Todd Packer. All right.
0: I think Nellie was involved with that. Yeah, she was the person that uh, was like, yeah, she was involved with that. But um, but I I, I didn't like her in that iteration. Uh, when she was kind of like relegated to a desk job, uh, there were a couple moments. Um, I uh, I wish she ended up with uh, with Toby there. Uh, that would have been. Hilarious.
1: I know. I just felt so bad for good old Toby.
0: He he is an oh, underrated character. I think he's he's like a lot of he's all of us, Toby. I
1: think I feel like Toby um he was like okay in the beginning like people liked him but by the end he was just so desperate.
0: Mm. Yeah, cuz didn't he uh, like... didn't he like make a play for Pam? And then yeah. I forget if he made a play for Aaron, but I know he definitely made a play for Nelly. Yeah. And he just, I,
1: I don't think he did one for aaron
0: no no it wasn't it wasn't that then but uh yeah i was kind of like toby like michael i you know I, I think that michael making fun of toby is like one of the best like uh ideas yeah. the show came up with um, i feel like
1: after he michael left they could have liked toby more you know
0: yeah they uh I don't really remember. The only thing I remember him for afterwards is like they'd have him bring up the Scranton Strangler every like few episodes just to like make that a plot theme, but they didn't really like give us too much on him. And I think probably that's the way it's supposed to be, right? Because he's still part of HR. So yeah. like the focus is more on like the office community and like just the like just like HR isn't, you know, the same as like the, the you know, the, the office itself. I think that they, you know, didn't focus on Toby as much. Uh, but i would like to have seen more of them uh you know but I, you know i i i we complain uh we have an embarrassment of riches cuz i mean the office does such a great job with so many characters um that we you know there's a lot of other people that we focused on um right but before we wrap up uh our office segment um uh, i want to go over some quotes so i have a couple quotes um the first one uh and this one i don't actually like but i think it's the one it's the first quote that i'd ever heard and it was the bears beats Battlestar galactica
1: yeah and
0: i heard that and i'd never seen an episode of the office before but i'd seen that clip and i was like oh look at that and i was like hey that's from the office and it kind of like it put dwight on my radar um, and I think that's one of the reasons I ended up watching the show is because I was like, "Hey, there's this Dwight character, and he's gonna be pretty good." Um, yeah. But if we had to go with my favorite, uh, my favorite, like I think two quotes. Um, I think I think my favorite one would be when Michael says, "Isn't it?" It's like, "Well, well, well, how the turntables?"
1: Well, 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 how the yep t- turntables.
0: And it was just hilarious because. I I, genu- like, I sent that to you
1: in a text, and yeah. you said that's not how the quote goes. Or, that's I know. Not how the saying goes. I
0: know because when I saw it, I didn't realize like that was a joke, and I was like, "That's not correct." And then I was like, "Oh, it was a joke." And then it was like the funniest thing after I like I figured that out, because um, uh-huh. I was like, I, I and then I was like, right, like, duh, of course, Michael doesn't know that's what the real quote is. Um, but I still try to work that into as many conversations as I can. I use it as as much as I can. Um, so that's that's probably my favorite. Um, mm-hmm. But I have a couple other ones. There's there's I think it's uh, it's during the Dundies when uh, when Pam says uh, like I feel God in this chilies tonight. And oh yeah, that's like the best line ever because it like it parodies like all of the gospel like that like heartfelt emotional uh you know like you know I feel God here tonight but it's like in the chilies <laughs> um and it was just hilarious um so I think those are probably my two I think anything that Michael says would uh would be a uh would you know like everything he says is like should belong on like some quote board somewhere uh, yeah, uh, I agree. Just a little it, stitious. Just corrects me up. Um, there's a couple other good ones, but I we we could go on and on. So I was wondering, what are yours?
1: Um, I I love the one. I know I have so many that I don't think I have exact favorite, but I love when Michael says, you know, I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little stitious. <laughs> um, and then. There is another one. I just feel like some of his quotes are so relatable. Like this one one quote sometimes I'll start a sentence. I don't even know where it's going. I just hope I find it along the way. That is me in everything I do. Um, <laughs> or the I declare bankruptcy.
0: Actually, no, I'm sorry, I have to jump in. So <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's it's not something that I think would really make it onto television like now. Um but it's yeah. it's the one where where they're doing the auction <laughs> <laughs> and Michael says it will auction off people like in the olden days
1: and uh-huh. the camera
0: pans out to Kevin or not Kevin uh Stanley Stanley glaring at him <laughs> and I saw that and like at the time I was like I think they went a little too far there and then mm-hmm. it cut to Stanley's face and I just started, like, cracking up. Like, I actually had to pause the show because <laughs> I was going to miss it. Um, but I think that one was up there for me.
1: Um, I just – Stanley's facial expressions are such a big part of the show, too.
0: Mm, like Pretzel Day. You, you never yeah. see him emotional, Pretzel and then all of a sudden he's, like, elbowing people out of the way and not letting people step in front of him. Um, so those are the what good ones. What about the
1: If I Had a Gun? Um, I had a gun, two <laughs> bullets, and there were Hitler. Who was it? Hitler. Bin Laden. Bin Laden and Toby. I
0: shoot Toby twice. That that one I completely forgot about until you 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 mentioned the the. If I was in a room with uh, with two bullets in the gun, um, yeah. That one was another one where I just started laughing, and I think it's because like he says it so matter of factly, like I shoot Toby twice and like. He, yeah. To him, it's like perfectly logical. Um, I mean, I also, you know, I like the the prison Mike. Uh, I, oh, guess we yes. should, I guess we should do that. What? Who's your favorite? What's your favorite version of Mike? And his his various iter, like uh, alter egos. Uh, yeah, all of his,
1: um, all of his characters. I
0: think <laughs> prison Mike is a good one.
1: I think he's um,
0: probably my favorite. There, I, there's also the, the rap mic where he's like from the streets and him and Dwight are doing the that Electric rap video.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> that one is great too. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I think we'll wrap it up. Any final thoughts on The Office? No. <laughs> All right. So that we could go on uh-huh. and on. Uh, there's so many amazing quotes. Uh, I've actually took the time to like look up a, a bunch of quotes. I could probably make a laundry list yeah um uh, and uh, to be honest, I, I I couldn't end this podcast or this segment without shouting out Creed real quick. creed is is underrated. He's a top five character in my opinion. Um, just for that kind of crazy shock factor. Wow out there. Um, but all right, so we'll transition um, over to politics. So politics is actually one of the things that that um, that most of the guests on the show have talked about. Um, and I, I've had guests that have different political persuasions. Um, but most of, uh, most of our political content centers around the democratic primary race. And partially uh-huh. that's because like, we are, we already know Trump is going to be the Republican nominee, uh, unless he's impeached or resigns or something like that. Uh, so there's really not much to talk about except we could like complain about his tweets, but you know, like, uh, yeah, know, I'm kind of over Trump. I
1: don't want to talk yeah, about him. Yeah, we're we're
0: grasping the low-hanging fruit there. Uh, although he has had a couple of hilarious ones recently, but um the uh, I think I think the thing you have to do with Trump's tweets is like just take him with a grain of salt. Like he's trolling, he knows he's trolling, you know. Um but I think the real the real good stuff is this Democratic primary because we already have like 15 candidates in the race. Uh we've seen shifting sands. Uh Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren looked like they were the front runners. Uh, along with Bernie early. Uh, Bernie Sanders has remained in the poll position. Uh, Joe Biden's been kind of lurking in the background. Uh, he has all the infrastructure set up, but he hasn't actually announced yet. Um, and it's still a little bit of a question, if you will. Um, Pete Buttigieg, who uh, actually one of our guests, uh, Jared Altilio, uh, when he came on the show, kind of threw his name out there as like somebody to keep, keep an eye on, uh, along with, I think, uh, Hickenlooper. And Buttigieg blew up like the week after that, um, which I think just speaks to the quality of the guests that we have on the show, uh, their political awareness. Um, but Buttigieg is actually in some polls. There's one that just came out today uh, where he's he's running tied for third with uh, Beto O'Rourke. Um, if Biden doesn't run, um, mm-hmm. if Biden does run, then they drop down to fourth. Uh, but right now it seems like it's a, a little bit of a two horse race between Biden and Bernie. Uh, so I was just wondering what are your thoughts on this uh 2020 Democratic primary? Uh, maybe who do you think has the best chance to win? Um who do you think the Democrats should nominate? Um that might not be the person with the best chance to win. Um it might be somebody that, you know, is principal there has certain stances. Um and uh maybe like who who do you like if you feel comfortable talking about that?
1: So I have been I have been talking about this kind of in depth, I feel. Um, I don't think Biden should run, and I think Sanders should step out. My reasoning behind this is um, Joe Biden had, I love Joe. He's my probably my favorite vice president ever. Um, he's the only one I really can think of besides Mike Pence and who is Bush's, Dick
0: Cheney? Uh, Yeah, Dick Cheney.
1: Yeah, so obviously Joe Biden is my favorite. But um I do not think he should run.
0: Um you know, it I think it depends, right? I think what we're seeing now is a, a tectonic shift between the Democratic Party. Uh and it's overblown for sure. But I think that some folks on the on the, the left feel that Biden's outlived his usefulness in a sense like it's kind of time to set like let somebody like Kamala Harris win um or something like that. I was just uh just chuckling in reference to your your comment that you preferred uh Biden over uh, <laughs> over Cheney and Pence um oh. which which makes sense from the left. I wasn't criticizing the choice. I actually think if uh if Biden ran he would win. Um so there there is that he, as well.
1: He cracks me up. Like he's a funny guy, but my main thing is um, all these allegations that have been coming up against him. Mm. And I think it would be, one, a slap to the the people that you made feel uncomfortable if we made this guy a president. And two, after the whole uh, Brett Kavanaugh thing and mm. everybody getting, like, <clears throat> there's a whole trial. It would be hypocritical if I said, oh... I don't want Brett Kavanaugh to be on the Supreme Court, but okay, Joe Biden can be on the, can be the president, you know, Mm -hmm. it wouldn't be right.
0: Yeah. I think uh, Um, intellectual honesty is important. So if you, if you're going to call out one side, you have to call out both sides. I I, I admire that, that, uh, opinion of yours, but you're, uh, Bernie. Bernie. I love,
1: I like Bernie too. I think he's great, but he's, Again, outlived his years. Also, what is with these white old men and why are they the ones leading the polls?
0: I mean, you know, Pete Buttigieg would be a white young man. That Um, is
1: true, but he's a minority in the sense that he's gay.
0: Or Beto O'Rourke, who is uh, Barack Obama, but not a minority. Basically, they're very similar stylistically. I Um, know,
1: and I like Beto too. Uh, My thing too with Sanders is, He's kind of, I think he's kind of reached his prime. I'm nervous about going forward. Um, like you know, once you get to 80, I'm just concerned about your mental health mm. at that point. Um, I mean, it's just like looking at my family and I've seen through like Alzheimer's and dementia. Once people like hit a certain age, some people do have really clear minds but other people it hits and it's so quick. Um hmm.
0: I, you know I think I think that's a valid point. Um one I, one way I think if if Bernie Sanders dropped out or or loses, right? Mm-hmm. He still has an amazing legacy because he was the person cuz politics have been kind of traditional, right? It was like Hillary Clinton, Nancy right. Pelosi, he he was the 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 standard bearer of this kind of like more, I mean, you could you'd use the term radical. You could just say further to the left movement. Um, mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people that think that his job is done now. Like he brought national attention. He swept the, uh, you know, he got support that where people thought he wouldn't. Um, and, but now it's like, now that he's gotten us right up to the hill, now it's, you know, Kamal Harris or, uh Elizabeth Warren or Cory Booker or somebody else, it's their job to get us over the hill uh right, to, push I agree with to that. finish the mission that he started, so I think in one sense uh it can unless Bernie wins it probably only goes downhill from here for him uh mm-hmm. if he quit today he I think that a lot of people uh on the left will look very favorably of him
1: I agree um, I agree who do I think who is my who's, I who's your pick right have- now?
0: And I know that's a hard question, but you were saying?
1: I don't think I have enough um, background in every candidate to make the most informed opinion. But just by like what I hear in the news, I like Elizabeth Warren. I think she's outspoken. And I think sometimes you need an outspoken person to get things done. Um,
0: yeah. I mean, Trump himself is outspoken. You you get a bigger hitter to go after him. Yeah,
1: yeah. And but Trump is outspoken, and he's done a lot of stuff, in my opinion, negative things. But he's gotten some stuff done. Um,
0: the uh, I do have one question about Elizabeth Warren. So um, she's carved out a nice role for herself as sort of the accountable capitalist. Because uh, you have characters like you know Kamala Harris or Cory Booker who are just like, well, we're not going to like really like we'll probably like raise taxes and try to you know achieve some wealth uh, evening out, but they haven't really committed to any radical ah uh, economic solutions. Uh, Bernie Sanders, on the other hand, is you know a, a proud democratic socialist, and Warren's kind of taken a stance in the middle that she calls accountable capitalism, uh, which means the The mechanism of capitalism stays in place. The levers still turn, um, but the system itself is guided by a sort of uh, redistributive um, outlook on things. You know, she's in favor of like breaking up some of the really large companies, uh, some of the monopolies, some of the you know the giants in their respective industries, um, and she's advocated some things that sounds. Like something that a Republican would advocate for. She's also advocated for things that uh, Bernie Sanders would advocate for, and she's trying to meld the two together, which is a very interesting uh route to take. But my question is this, despite all this, despite her uh background as, I believe, a Harvard law professor, um a while back, she's obviously very smart, very credentialed. Um, what about this Pocahontas thing? Uh this, you know, Trump went after her, the DNA, the genealogy. Um he hit her pretty hard on that. Uh, are you worried that if she is the nominee that Trump will do more of the same?
1: I mean, Trump's going to say the same, the awful things about everyone.
0: Yeah, that's, just <laughs> that's just a good way to look at it. Today or the true. other day,
1: he called people coming in to—immigrants uh, uh, coming to the border to, like, seek asylum. He called them—they're not people, they're animals.
0: You know, so, so I, I actually, I, mean- I, I actually have some background on that. Um, <clears throat> it, it's it's so that's that's the clip. Uh, it was actually an an older clip from last year. Um, it just it was recirculated through the internet very recently. Um, and I, you know, I'm not gonna like obviously Trump has displayed a very anti-immigrant attitude. Um, but I think if you watch like the because it was during like the course of a larger discussion. And he'd referenced just before that, like MS13 and those gangs. And I think it's debatable whether or not you should call any any human, um, you know, an animal, um,
1: especially coming from the pig. Oh, uh, sorry. I said especially coming from the pig.
0: Oh yeah, the uh, well, I, I think the, the what he was trying to say there was the violent gang members that come over um, aren't animals. And I think that's something that probably more people would agree with where it's like, cause MS 13, that they do have like a reputation for committing violent crimes, you know, murdering people in brutal fashion, beating up people. Um, so I think when he's talking about that, he said, he was saying like, they're animals, they shouldn't come into our country. Um, now with him, he's actually, I think that president Trump exaggerates the amount of people like that, that are trying to come into the country um but i think within that context he wasn't he like he's not calling like women and children animals like he, i think like he, he's he's smart enough to not say something like that um so i think it, it is it has been a little bit mishandled on the internet cuz people see the clip and they say look he called immigrants animals and that's not what he did he was calling gang members who are immigrants animals um, but I, you know, I think that there are legitimate concerns there with his, his policy, but your point still stands. Uh, no matter who the nominee is, Trump will attack that person. Um, so any final thoughts, uh, on anything before we uh, wrap the podcast up?
1: No, <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: All right. No, no, that's good. We've, uh, we've been pushing like over an hour for our last couple episodes and, uh, I've been trying to keep it, you know, in that like 30 to 40 minute range. So we should be, uh. Just about to wrap it up. Um, so as always, um, we'd li- like to thank our guests for coming on the show. Um, Emma is a first-time guest. Hopefully, a recurring guest at some point in the future. Uh, we'll find something else interesting to talk about. Um, and uh, yeah, so we uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, we appreciate yeah, it thanks here. Thanks for having me. Um, and uh, yeah, and that about wraps it up. Uh, so this uh, this podcast will air uh, in the next probably day or so, and then uh, and then we'll get you up and running. So thank you for joining uh, the Road Not Taken podcast. Um, and I'd like to tell our listeners to tune in. Uh, we'll have this episode up very shortly, and then we'll have another episode uh, over the course of the next two weeks. So thank you for listening, and this has been the Road Not Taken podcast.